0: Hello, friends, and welcome to To The Point, the home services podcast that focuses on marketing and operational solutions to help you get better. Because if you're not getting better, you're getting worse. Now, let's cut to the bullshit and get to the point.
1: Hey, To The Point listeners, it's Chris Yano, your host, along with my co-host, Tall Paul, who is in the studio with me. Again today, Paul. Welcome, buddy.
0: Chris, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. How are you, man?
1: Good. I'm glad to have you out here back on the West Coast ish. Um, in the you know, it's still what 110 plus today. I think that's like our 52 weeks in a row. Um, wait, there's 52 weeks in a year, right? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it's a dry heat. I mean. Um, it seems like 52 weeks in a row when it's 110 plus in Phoenix, Arizona. But hey, welcome to Arizona, buddy. We have all the rhinos in town. So for those who don't know, I'm also the uh, CEO of a company called Rhino Strategic Solutions, which is a digital marketing company for the trade. Since how long, Paul?
0: Uh, Not 12 years now.
1: 2008. Yeah. That's what that started. Back
0: when producer Kyle was 10. (laughs) Oh, boy.
1: (laughs) Oh, boy. Producer Kyle. (laughs) One of these days, he's just going to cut your mic and you're gonna be talking, and nobody's
0: gonna hear you. Kyle's nineteen forever. Yeah, he's not nineteen. Mind. He's a stud. Man, it's gonna be a good day. I got
1: your back, Kyle. Listen, I'm excited. We have a great guest in the studio today. We're gonna to flip the script a little bit because really? we're not gonna do things like we normally do them on this podcast. Oh, you're gonna let me? You're gonna let me
0: participate? I'm actually gonna
1: act like what you say matters. <laughs> that's Thanks. what we're gonna do. You know, that's my love language.
0: <laughs> you know what's cool? This is what I love about what we do, Chris. Is we're meeting people for the first time. Like we met, we're meeting our guests now for the first time. Even though it's a huge industry, it's kind of small. You feel like you quickly become sure. friends because you know everybody who knows everybody and you realize we're all kind of connected.
1: We are. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's go ahead and get to the introduction of our guest too, so we can go ahead and, and bring him into the banter too. So, and it's great because he's in studio. Yep. Six feet away. is always, great. <laughs> six feet. One of, arm length away from tall Paul. Of, he's
0: less than a tall Paul away from me right now. <laughs> I'm six, eight. That's interesting. I met an employee yesterday. No kidding, like a full-grown adult who's barely <laughs> five feet. <laughs>
1: I, I know who you're talking about. Yeah, yeah she's she was she's, awkward, she's smaller, but it's because you're so tall. She just looks smaller. That's all. She looked
0: is. at me like, "Oh my gosh!" And I was like, "Hey, everybody looks five eight to me. Everybody." So don't be don't feel self-conscious, she Amy.
1: Thought, she thought you were Rick Smits. Ooh, does anybody know who Rick Smits is? Oh yeah, basketball. the dunking Dutchman. Yeah. The
0: dunking Dutchman. Speaking of yep. uh, very very tall, gangly, white NBA basketball players. I saw Sean Bradley in the airport. Do you guys remember Sean? Oh, yeah, huge. Seven foot six Utah guy. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's seven foot six, I believe. I'm six foot eight. So there's whatever, a foot in there. But I looked up at him and he was walking with a guy who's probably, I don't know, normal height. But I thought, oh, my gosh, that's what I look like walking next to normal people. (laughs) That's That's crazy. That's probably pretty accurate. But I don't know how. Sean Bradley fits on an airplane because I barely fit. I mean, I am like Dude, we, squeezed in there. We derailed before I even got to the introduction. Yeah. That's okay, Sorry, man. This is why, this is why people ask why I don't live in Phoenix, right? Because no one at Rhino would get anything done if yeah. I were here full time. Yeah, It'd that's be true. constant banner. It's that's like, true. it's like vacation for me out here. Um, I to talk.
1: since you talked about basketball, I got six foot eight, obviously, you know, tall, tall Paul played basketball. Um, I know I was a wrestler. A soccer player you can hoop though but we played a game of uh knockout Quickest last night
0: game of knockout in the history of knockout three shots over next game <laughs> i couldn't believe it i shot first and then missed your son who's eight got <laughs> me out and then you well, then what happened he missed you made it he missed i made it and i it win game over game over it Big literally turn. took 11 seconds for that game of knockout oh lord That was fun Okay. They think they probably think like we go out to fancy dinners and do all these things and hang out. No, no, no. We went to Chili's and played knockout. We
1: did and played a game of pig.
0: It was awesome. Played a game of pig and I lost.
1: So listen, we have a uh, a genius in the trade space. You like that?
2: I do like that. I also <laughs> like that you let me talk finally because I'm a New Yorker and <laughs> how was that? I, I've never been this silent for this long. Ladies and gentlemen,
1: welcome test. Mr. Al Levy in the studio today. Al, um, instead of me giving an introduction on all the things that you do, since I know you want to talk. Why don't you share with all of our listeners what you do and how you got in the trades, like the whole deal? Because, listen, we've already discovered in pre-podcast conversation that I, we've, known, we've known each other without knowing each other for years. Right? Yeah. We run the same all, circles.
2: All roads keep winding around, and Chris's name keeps coming up on the radar for people that we <laughs> know, including... Worse than that, we both realize we do business in Australia. So, I know, that's right? Like, it's so cool. And we're sitting here, like going, oh, "What? Yeah." So it's really pretty cool. Hey, shout out to all to our Aussie it. listeners. Yes. It's actually
1: our second largest uh, listeners, like as far as country goes, yes. it's our second, bigger well, than Canada.
2: Yeah, I just got to say, I am a big man in Australia, six two, not yeah, six eight, right. but you know, still a big man that's, in Australia. Yeah. I, I mean, a lot of books of mine have been sold there, <laughs> as well as Audible books. <laughs> nice. So yeah, um, you know, basically, I was born into the trade and. My good friend Alan Rohr, who you know, yeah, she said her. I. She said I was born with a silver spoon in my mouth. I said, yeah, mine was co- covered with fuel oil and sewerage, though, so it's a little different. <laughs> Wait, did you say sewerage? Sewerage. Did is I say it right? You,
1: is that how you say it in yeah. the in
0: the Northeast? It's- yeah, we also say water. Water. Yeah, that's when you know. Yeah. Mario's.
2: I'm, I've been out here eighteen years, and I've been told that my accent has really you no know, decreased. People rarely know that I'm from New York. No, that's fair.
3: That's fair. <laughs> I don't know about that. You think
2: think there's still a trace hanging on? I don't know. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So anyway, yes, I I was born into the business. I was third generation. Our family business started in 1936 in New York City. I was uh, part of a New York City union shop, which hopefully everybody knows how wonderful that could be. The union. All I hear is mafia. Yeah.
0: (laughs) (laughs) We don't talk about that.
2: But we did serve a lot of those fine, upstanding customers as well. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> and we always made sure they their heating, cooling problems were taken care of first, first Yeah, of course. Yeah. Just actually, because we care about them. Of we, we care, we care, we customer care. Service the, out of customer spice. service. service, absolutely. absolutely right, yes. Makes so sense. I grew up in the business. You know, by the time you're eight years old, you're out riding around as a helper and, you know, emptying baskets, doing all the stuff. If you want to see your dad, that was, which we did, <laughs> he would pile us up in the car at 2 o'clock in the morning and take us out for a call, you know, running a call. And we loved it. And we just didn't understand why he wasn't as thrilled about it. Because <laughs> he had worked all day, and then he was dragged out. But when we would get there, we, you know, we, we did residential, commercial, industrial. So we would go to a bagel baking place, oh, yeah. and they would feed us. And we thought, this is great. You know, we had bakeries, and they would feed us. And <laughs> wow, and we're out at like, you know, 1, 2 o'clock in the morning. How much better can this be? Well, of course, life turns. And then I'm at the helm with my brothers, and, you know, sleeping with a phone next to your head is no fun. Because even if you're sleeping, you're not sleeping because you're waiting for the phone to ring. Yeah. So the great news is there's a reason my tagline has always been less stress, more success, because I was lucky. I was making a ton of money. But I was pretty smart to realize that as a young man, I was going to end up pretty dead. <laughs> and you can't spend <laughs> can't your run that, that way. way. Yeah. yeah, It's not really good. So I had to pull up. And uh, fortunately, like everything, people came into my life. So we, I was in the heating business. And um, my good friend Dan Hollihan, who's an industry giant, Said to me, you got to get into a bigger pool, you got to swim with bigger people, and so I had to get out of my circle. And he said, you know, you got to meet Ellen Rohr, my friend, who she's in C two thousand, which is the forerunner of Nextar. And sure enough, I did, and we met up with Ellen, and I got exposed to all these different people, and then that would cause me to go into the plumbing, gas heating, uh, you know, air conditioning, and then ultimately electrical, because I realized if we didn't own the basement, somebody else was going to come in.
1: Yep. That's the first time I've heard somebody say own the basement. Yeah,
0: I oh, yeah. basements. Yeah, because yeah, the, they, they don't have him. them here. Oh, I'm sorry. No.
1: Yeah, there's no basements out here. Well, no, no, Ar- no, no, in no. Arizona, makes,
2: California, don't listen to this. We know what you're saying. Chris. It makes total sense,
1: yeah. but that's where I'm at. Yeah. yeah. Yep.
0: No, you're don't. vulnerable.
2: Yeah, so anyway, that began the journey, and um, I worked really Really turned the company around so good that I was able to replace myself. Wow. <laughs> that's good. Yes. and so, That's uh, good leadership. What was the name it? of your family company? Uh, it was OSI, as an Oil Services, Inc. Uh-huh. And uh, the other part was Comfort Specialist, was the uh, plumbing, gas, heating, air conditioning. And, and it's electrical.
0: still around, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Like
2: f- my middle brother, who's older than me, so people don't freak out, he's still there. And my uh, nephew uh, is fourth generation in the business wow. now. Yep. Super Pretty neat. But
0: that's way back east, and you live in the valley of the sun. Is that sure right? Do. You know what
2: I do. Called? I do. Well, once I realized that <clears throat> I gave three years notice, which is always what cracks people, up, especially when I do it in seminars, because any of you owners out there in the HVAC Electrical or any other contracting business, what do you get? Two weeks, maybe? <laughs> yeah. Come on. One week? We used to find the keys on the dashboard and kind of wonder where where did they go? And so, you know, it was just like, yeah, crazy stuff. And anyway, so keep on spinning the story. And I realized I had to go out into the world and that's when I went into the consulting business, which is the seven power contractor. Yep. And because uh, I believe these seven systems would really make a world of difference to other contractors. And that's pretty much what I what I did. And then uh, as roads got further, I got into uh, Zoom Drain, which is <clears throat> also the Zoom Drain and Sewer franchise, which is the living, breathing seven power contractor. And again, another road with Ellen. When did yep. that My start? My good partner, Jim croney 2015? 2015, 2015 is when the... The Drain Franchise took off. Nice. Yep.
1: Zoom Drain Franchise. Are
2: awesome. you guys still listening? Because I've been talking a long time. No, no. Uh, keep going, man. I'm on the edge of my seat. Okay.
0: Yeah. I'm, although I'm kind of still in that New York City yeah, bakery you've done, at one now, in the morning. So you've kind of done
1: this same, probably longer than me. Is I mean, I've done so many. Actually, part of the process of starting this whole podcast for us was an extension of all the webinars and breakout sessions and keynotes and all that shit that we've done. I've done over the years and even sitting in like room conversations with like major players and things like that is this was kind of an extension of that because we as a company Rhino can't work with everybody. It's not, it's a model where it's built where we can only work with a specific amount of people. We still wanted to help everybody and serve everybody. So much like I've had to do a bunch of those things, you've done a ton of webinars. I've not written a book, <laughs> Um, I don't know that I even really have, like, it's not on my agenda. There's not a book in you? Because there's a
2: book in you, I, I can help you out. Uh, if there's a book in you. You know who tried <laughs> oh, to get, be a good book. you know
1: who actually asked me to write a book with him? Yeah. No shit. True story. Uh, Michael E. Gerber. No kidding. Wow.
2: Chris, you, well, are, listen, big, you oh, are big time. I'm sorry. That's me, big time.
1: He, hold on. So he sat here after he busted my balls for <laughs> saying tips and tricks, yep. which actually, nobody will ever anymore. forget. Yep. So we say knowledge and wisdom now. Uh, after he busted my balls for saying tips and tricks, he then afterwards at, invited me to this uh, conference he was in Phoenix for. Um, it was like a restoration and roofing conference. Um, and so I went and, and met with him and uh, Robert Kiyosaki. Was oh, yeah, speaking, yeah. Which yeah, was
2: awesome. Yeah, poor, rich dad, poor dad.
1: Rich dad, poor dad, which yep. was amazing. Um, and I was with uh, him and, and Ken Goodrich or whatever. But while we're sitting at the table, like at this conference, he's like, you should write a book on uh, trade digital marketing with me, Chris. <laughs> and Michael e. Gerber if you're listening I'm sure he's
2: not um that's how <laughs> well, I heard it I, I, I think he just leaned in closer so he could hear I better. I recorded oh, yeah.
1: it I recorded it okay. um but uh, I love hearing Tommy's story on how he 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 made sure that he got him uh, hot water to drink with lemon <laughs> Oh um, he, like yeah. he's like he's like this needs to be warmer and then um oh, and So listen, this is
2: like there's like a green room list when you bring Michael Gerber So it was like a writer or oh. something no, but anyhow um oh. Oh. so I didn't have that Cuz I get, did I did roadie work water. cool yeah. yeah. I got a bottle of water and it's got a bottle of water Here's the thing, it's cold, which is really good, so thank you.
1: Yeah, so it tightens up your vocal cords. you just want to make sure we sound better than you. <laughs> so Gerber, it's interesting. When
2: it, gets, when it gets squeaky, make sure you see if you can fix that. Yeah, you're welcome. I made sure okay. to put those in the freezer right before I gave them to you. <laughs> yeah, I don't know why it's frozen like a block of ice, but it's <laughs> I can just keep sipping it long enough, Chris. It'll be fine. You're
0: going to fit in just fine here. Gerber's name comes up a lot. And there was yeah. a moment early in your, I guess, career where someone encouraged you to read his book, right? Yeah,
2: it was actually Ellen Rohr and my friend Dan Hollihan, I was talking about it, and they said, uh, you got to pull up. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. what they meant was, yeah. is you know, I, they could see I was just a big stress ball, and I was trying to get it all, you know, covered, in, and it wasn't, by the way, I had great partners, my two older brothers and my dad, so it yeah. wasn't like just me, but the reality is it was, you know, difficult, and so I, they said, you got to read this book, and I, I did, I read the book, and it was really a life-changing book, as you've you probably heard, email, a thousand, email, I read the email, email yeah, from yeah. Michael Gerber, and <laughs> what basically it told me is, if you're always working in the business and never on it, which nothing's going to change. And I understood the definition of insanity by then. (laughs) Right. And the second thing it taught me is, you know, so it gave me, though, why I have to change. And it gave me what I had to change, but really nothing in the way of how. Sure. But the good news is I'm really good at how. (laughs) And so I realized what I had to do and, you know, get these manuals was really the big thing, the operating manuals and getting systematic in the business so that it could run without me. And so Tommy always likes me to tell the story about...
0: uh, Tommy Mello? Tommy Mello, thank you.
2: Yeah, I'm a name dropper, and thank you for picking that up. No, so is Chris, don't worry. Yes, so Tommy Mello says to me, because he loved the story. I told him one time, I said, you know, I was crazy busy. I had two young girls, and I said to my wife, I'm going to be home less often. Which you can imagine went over well. (laughs) (laughs) And I said to her, well, here's why. Because every time we go on vacation, they just hijack it. And they're calling us all the time. So I said to her, I said... I'm going to you know, write these manuals, build the training curriculum, build a training center, get good, young, willing people to do our services instead of trying to constantly hire lightning in a bottle is what I call it, Yeah. where you steal attack tech and you hope that they're going to be good yeah. and you hope that they stay and you hope they won't jump. <laughs> yes, Chris has his fingers crossed. You know, all of these things. And we were always trying to do that. And so I did that. And then two years later, we're on vacation. And the end of the vacation, I turned to my wife and I go, did you notice something? She goes, what? Did you notice my phone didn't ring? And that was exact. And I don't know, I don't know why I said two years because I'm not really that great at looking ahead. But it was, it was right there. And this goes to a bigger thing. Without getting too philosophical, until you understand or think it and image it, it is never going to happen. Yeah. And you really have to watch your own self-fulfilling doubts, or just going down the same road every day. And that's why I always talk about firefighting. I I was a great firefighter and it was actually part of business yeah yeah you know and, and the three things that I always talk about when I was in the book is just one day I was in the truck and Dan's name if you're not sick of hearing Dan's name yet Dan was in my truck which is very rare by the way He was he's the guru and how I ended up having him in my truck on, going out on jobs this is special. Dan Dan Hollahan, Hollahan. yep yep, yep. he writes for Plum Mechanical and a few thousand other things heatinghelp.com so anyway so we get in the truck we finish a call and all right I always have to preface this, Chris. Yeah, it was a long time
0: ago. <laughs> they were
2: calling me on the 2A radio. <laughs> My beeper was going off, and the phone was the side of a bread box. And all three were going off at the same time. And he looks over at me, and he goes, you think that's normal, don't you? And in that moment, the truth came home, because he was great at holding up the truth mirror, as much as I hated it. yeah, He held up the truth mirror to me, and what it was really, I, I, first thing was, yeah. Yeah, I'm indispensable. These people can't even get dressed without me. And the next thing I said was, "Hey, that's pretty good, you know, (laughs) because I like being the rescuer. I like being the guru. I like being the fireman. And as long as you, I'm talking to you out there now who are listening, (laughs) as long as you are attached to those three identities, you are never going to give up what you need to give up to help other people. You wish that people could come and help you, but they can't. They can't. They couldn't help me until I changed that identity. And you couldn't
1: really scale. Oh, yeah. yeah.
2: We would, well, we had already kind of scaled. You know, you can hire enough people, but it's always chaos. I yeah. mean, there's only two companies that have ever hired me. But you can't be the man. Oh, you can't be the man. And if you are the man, like, you know, I, I would say if you are the man, Make sure you check both ways when you cross the street because when that bus hits you, it's all over. The man. You and everybody else. The so, man or the man. that woman. Or the woman, yes, either one. And I've worked with some great women in this business. I yep. mean, better than, better than a lot of those great men out there. Same. They're really great. Yeah. They're great builders of community and do a great job. Shout out to Kathy Betlam in Rochester. Yeah.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, was there a big element of ego that you had to set? to the side to go ahead and make that transition
2: you know it was really more the point of exhaustion paul which i just said you know enough's enough and um i'm ready to make a change and i had to make a change and now that i knew what i needed to do between gerber and dan you know being the writer to help me come in finally because we had tried forever i spent a year putting the outline together yeah while it was working sure a year yeah just sitting at every box in the org chart And that was another thing. We didn't have an org chart. And I I don't know how many companies I visit. They don't have an org chart. Now, they may have an org chart that they grabbed off (laughs) the Internet where they're a consultant, which doesn't really fit the boxes it takes to run their company. So in our particular case, the story I always tell about this is, you know, my brother Marty was the financial guy. And he shows up at the office, you know, at 6 a.m. And he gets the calls from the customers who had, you know, problems and issues. And he starts screaming at the service manager because there's a repeat call. So by the time I show up at 6.30, my first job of the day is to walk my service manager off the roof before he jumps. <laughs> <laughs> and so, you know, that was one. And then it really in short order, I get a phone call. I'm at the dispatch desk. It's the um, supplier. And he goes, you know, Al, I know you always take care of paying your bills. And, you know, that just seems like something has been missed. You take a look at it. Well, you guys need to know. My dad raised his boys that you don't get paid until the supplier gets paid. Yep. So we used to race to get them their money. <laughs> and now I am livid. And I go out to the AP person and I start ripping into this person about, you know, whatever. And now Marty's job is to walk that AR, you know, person who pays the bills, off the roof. Yeah. So here's the delightful conversation that Marty and I had. Marty, you don't like what's going on in the service department? Come see me. I'll fix it. And he goes, you don't like the way the bill's are getting paid here? You come here and see me, and I'll get it fixed. And the two of us kind of looked at each other, glanced sideways, and go, I think we need an org chart. <laughs> 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 and so it was the first time we actually – and, you know, it was even worse than that. I, th- the other thing that comes to mind is insurance was so expensive in New York, auto insurance. You know, we had seven – You know, I think we had t- 30 trucks. So you can only imagine. And so – Al would go out and get three bids from insurance company. You know, all of this, by the way, I always say is funnier now, Chris. Of course, it's not is, funny yeah. that. Oh. And then Richie, the middle brother, would go out and get three bids from insurance companies, and Marty would go out and get three bids, which you can now understand is incredibly waste of time. Correct, micromanagement, <laughs> all the other things. And finally, we just said, "Hey, Marty, that's your box. You go get those bids, and then see me and Richie, and let us know what we should do." And that was really that was such a huge breakthrough moment to finally have the boxes it took to run our company. Mm-hmm. And when I share this with people and it's actually in some of the, you know, the work that I do is I always stress to them that really what's the first thing to do is do it. And then you go like yesterday, I was having a phone call with a guy who's just really like himself and a, and a tech. He goes, well, it's only me and him. And I said, it will always be only you and him until you get an or chart. You don't even know all the boxes that you filled today. So, Take the box chart, which I sent to him. I said, and you need to write your name in all these boxes. And then the idea about the manuals is how do you cover that? So I always talk about the org chart is the bingo board. Your job is to cover each one of those squares with a manual
1: All of this with smartac.com. You've got to check it out now.
0: Got it. Love it. it. Now, when you look at the org chart with where you were with your business, then did you make the org chart based on the people you had, or did you make the org chart based off the business and then fill it if you had the people like, what did that look like?
2: Okay, Paul, I'll give you ten bucks for asking that question. So thank you so much. Before I leave, I'll pay ten dollars because that was a really great question and one I'm that not, I always like. Actually known for that yeah. on this podcast. Yeah, so <laughs> best question. Well, did, Besides being the a loser. Other, The other ones I listened to, I didn't think you got to talk at all. I'm really impressed today. Yeah, Paul. thank you. Great, good job. <laughs> anyway, so yeah, though no, it's 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 really about um, what I stress is the boxes are the boxes it takes to run your company. Yeah. Now my job is to help you be able to fill that box successfully. I am not changing that box at all yeah, to fit you. Now, that's, again, the first thing is the box chart and then the names that go to it. But the goal of it is to create a depth chart. D I have to spell it because it mm-hmm. is caught in my accent. D e p t h Depth. Depth chart. So it really you think of it as like a football team. If the center gets hurt, what should we do? Not snap the ball? There's obviously some cross drain. right? So the purpose of once you have this box chart and then you break it out to the depth chart is who's first string, second string, third string. The other thing that it does is it begins to allow you to cover which areas are weak and strong. In my company, it was Mm cross-training. So one of the big things for HVAC electrical guys is that you send a guy an hour from your shop, and it's always going to be an hour from your shop. Where else could it happen? Guy runs a heating call. You do all those services. Take care of the no heat. Across the the street, there's... uh, you know, a problem with the lights blinking, and they can't do it. So everybody says, well, it's a dispatch problem. It's not. It's cross-training. cross-training. Your trucks are not set up that way. Yep. So that guy's got to come all the way back, and then somebody's got to drive an hour out there to take care of the lights that are blinking. So in my shop, you moved up the org chart. So my org chart really it looks like boxes. The best way to think of it is as a pyramid. Mm-hmm. At the bottom of the pyramid are all the people they they're the most important people they have to be trained and if they want to move up the pyramid which they do because that's where the salary levels and everything that i created is i want to move up those boxes and so multiple trades you have to be able to do multiple trades i have to set the trucks up to be able to do multiple trades so i end this dispatch nightmare because billable hours is really what it's all about at the end of it it's always billable hours that's really all we have to sell
1: so could so would you have then um, and some of your boxes might be, might be the same position, but just different tier for skill sets. Like, so if you've got more training, then yep. you would just continue to move
2: up. Yeah. My job. So
1: <laughs> like you would add different, if you could, if you learned, if you, like you said, perfect examples, if you go out for a no heat call and then across the road is these flickering lights, but you're the dude that's now can do both. You're actually up in that. You know, you,
2: yeah. Yep. And so if you look at the bottom of the York chart, it starts with apprentice. I want uh, young willing people with no skills. Because I'm going to provide all the skills you need. Train now, to be what you want. Yeah, train the way I do, which in the case of a service tech these days and they, all the trades is you have to have great communication skills because it leads to great sales. You have to have operational skills, and you have to have technical skills. Now, when I started to trace callbacks years ago, which means you have to go back and for no money <laughs> – did that did it cause any pain for you out there who were listening? <laughs> and so uh, it was not much fun. And, of course, customers are not happy. In the old days, they used to just tell their 10 you know, neighbors about how bad you were. Now, of course, I go on the Internet and tell 7 billion people how bad you are. <laughs> so the stakes are a little bit higher that you really have yep. to reduce that. Right. So the callback thing is, you know, was really a big issue of trying to address that. And what I found was, the original was, is you know, I came to your house today, you have no heat. And then tomorrow you call up and there's no heat. That used to be the only way we counted a callback. I changed the definition of that, which is if a customer calls me for any reason in 30 days, it's a potential callback. It's not necessarily a callback. It's a potential callback. So the next day, your heat works, but you don't like the price that <laughs> you <Yeah>. paid, right? <laughs> buyer's course. remorse. Right? Well, I shortcutted the sales system, what I call sales power. I didn't build the value. I didn't give you the tools you need for when your spouse or significant other gets home. And then you have to defend why you spent $800 with me today. Right. Got it. So that's a sales callback. And then the operational one is I'm not complaining about the price. And thank you for my heat works. But by the way, when you went out, you broke my screen door with your toolbox. <laughs> <laughs> that's an operational <laughs> issue. Yeah, or you don't want to wear those shoe covery things. So bluties. you just the bluties, So you just tracked mud all across my white carpet. Thank you very much.
1: Are you in the carpet cleaning business? Yeah, <laughs>
2: now, now I'm in the carpet cleaning business. And the other thing, of course, is technical, is you woke up today, and guess what? You have no heat, and you've been in Indiana, so you know what no heat means, oh, right? Yeah. yeah. So, right. Uh, yeah, it's the same thing with us. So these three skills are what we're training apprentices to become. I call them junior techs. Some people just refer to them as techs. And so if your manuals, the trade manuals, are big and thick, they get a piece of it. They don't get everything. Right. So um, the case of when they go out, they're in their truck, they can do the sales operation technical for what they've been trained on. And then the next step up is called senior tech, where they can do all of what's in that trade manual. If you're a multi-trade shop, like mine was, then you start to accumulate all the skills to be able to do all those trades. Now, you may be a great plumbing guy who can do a little HVAC or a great HVAC, doing a little bit of plumbing or fitting in the electrical as well. But to become a senior tech, the goal for your senior tech is because you want to rise up higher in that box. Because the next big box or rung on the ladder is field supervisor, where you get to run a crew. And so what it came back to, is, can we do some ancient history? Absolutely. (laughs) That's
0: before 2005 for producer Kyle. (laughs) Ancient history. Yeah,
2: I like it. So anyway, so this is years ago. We had people on. I always talk about our company was, you know, a lot of people say, oh, we're 24-7, 365. No, no, no. We really were. We had shifts from 7 to 4. We had shifts from 8 to 5, 10 to 7 p.m., 2 to 11 p.m., and dead of winter, 5 p.m. to 2 a.m.
1: 2 to 11 sounds miserable.
2: Well, here's the thing is that was not like on call, I'm going to call you. They were in their trucks ready to go and already doing out calls, and we had crews of this. But, you know, they didn't know what to do because there was nobody. Else. So we finally built field supervisors to be able to do that. but. Field supervisors, most companies say, yeah, I got field supervisors. Well, I'm going to tell you how they had field supervisors, Chris. Somebody was good at something, and they go, well, he's really good at this trade. Why don't we make him a field supervisor? He's got no management skills, no personal skills. He may not even be awful in sales. This is who I'm supposed to clone. This is the guy who's going to run the team. So it, to me, field supervisor, the way it's set up is it's a you have to qualify, compete, and train to become that, and you don't own that box. Yep. You own it every quarter. Because if you're bad and I don't make you better, you hurt your team that reports to you. So why do I care about your org chart? Let me back up before I forget, which is, I don't care about your org chart until the following things come in. Where am I today? Where can I go tomorrow? Because you said you're going to promise me a career, not a job. That makes you the employer of choice, right? Then is, especially with my company, there were no shortage of levies. There were four of us at any given moment. Try making one of those levies happy, right? <laughs> so the point is, well, who is my boss? So it is so important because techs walk down the hallway and everybody chases after them and yells at them. Your paper network's not in. You didn't turn the digital thing. Where's your hours? Wait, you know, it's just whatever. It just never ends. <laughs> so they just don't know who, who, who am I supposed to please. So that's one of the things. And the last big reason why I care about your work chart is, who can I go to for help? And so that's why they buy into it. And the salaries and the more skills you can do, you're working your way up.
1: Yeah, that's, um, and this has actually become really important um, in regards to Rhino is helping all employees understand what's next and how to get there. Yes. Um, we are a big fan of um, internal promotion, right? Because like I you had just I said, you're too. competing for it, you're earning it. I love the uh, the quarterly like competition thing. It's almost like, NFL stands for not for long. Like, you know, it's you still got to continue to prove yourself yeah. you know, each year. Yeah. But I love that mentality because one, I think I think competitiveness is great. Competition is good. I think it also can create a, a good environment and good culture and things like that. But I also think it's good for them to um, to continue to push them to be better because the better they are for themselves, the better they are for your customer, and it's a nice little cycle. So internally here, we I love having that uh, path for if somebody wants to go from a tier one account manager into a tier two, well, here's the criteria. Um, here's where you're at. We're going to help you get there type of mentality. I think that creates good business, good culture I, and all that. Stuff. I, I
2: do too. I, I think, you know, and the other thing about it is I always get down to is finally, I realized that A and B players hate, hate, hate you owners out there <laughs> like me who tolerated C and D players. Right. Your obligation is while they're on the team. And actually it was funny because you mentioned Rob Minnick before. And Rob tied into this line, I gave it to him one day, and he constantly spits it out. <laughs> and it was this. I said, listen, Rob, <clears throat> while they're on the team, you either have to get them good or get them gone. And I have watched Rob Middick say that line so many times over the years because he really locked into it. It's not meant to be vicious. Get them get yeah. good or get them gone? And even, even really actually was an evolving from Richie, my brother, the middle brother, who is the best tech I've ever met. Not because he's my brother, but anyway, he was – He said to me one day he said you know they can have a bad day they can even have a bad week but they cannot have a bad month here yeah so if we can't make their month better we gotta you know wish them well and let them move on and that's you know this kind of thing about you gotta hang on to these people now of course you're braver once you know (laughs) can i can i bust the audience here absolutely yeah you got two knuckleheads at least that you're dying to get rid of but you don't want to watch those trucks sit in your yard because they're a cash register that's dead yeah and so you will tolerate all this bad behavior. Now, if you think about it a different way, because this was the approach we took, is we took young, willing people, good apprentices, put them out in the you know, field 60, 90 days, brought them back in. We had manuals, training curriculum, and a hands-on training center. And we built our own. And I have done it everywhere in this country, including Canada. So it's completely doable. Yeah. You know, there are some rules and restrictions, depending on where you are note there's variables like the asterisk in the bottom of your thing
1: i I like that you said kyle you're gonna want to be ready for this one buddy (laughs)
2: um
1: actually you said two knuckleheads um why'd you point at me when you said
0: knuckleheads (laughs)
1: You know I, well, I didn't say assholes, I said knucklehead, so I could have said no. <laughs> I, I was
2: trained, when I first got into this job, I was trained to say words that are close to what I would like to say as a New Yorker, but I'm not allowed to. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, so speaking of New Yorkers, uh, where I was going to go with that story was, um, we have a partnership with a guy named Gary Vaynerchuk. Okay, Kyle's not paying Kyle. attention. I even to- even pre- waiting. Jeez, that was an f- absolute fail. Do you have to... If you, if you have absolute to, fail. If
2: you have to ask for it, does it count?
1: Absolute fail. That was part of the fun of it, but he missed it. He missed Anyhow, it. Anyhow, um, he actually did this... Um, if, if you guys don't know who Gary Vaynerchuk is, check him out. He's got like a gazillion podcasts and stuff, things like that. But he did this really great... Um, and I actually mentioned this at a Linux live keynote or a presentation I did last year. Is that sometimes you have to fire your best employee. Oh, I have
2: such a great story. I, I got to watch the time. Sorry. Keep going. So no, my
1: fun. point about that is... Um, you might have a, a really great sales guy, you might have a really great ops guy, finance, whatever it is, but if they uh, already cancer, you know, or they're, you know, they're a problem in the company, then you got to get good or get gone, right? Like yeah. you got to get rid of them because that cancer is actually a, a, a bigger problem than as the that they bring to them as, a, you know, as that employee or whatever role it is. I'm a big believer in that, by the way. And so that's what made me think of when you mentioned the two knuckleheads type of approach <laughs> is that sometimes you got to get rid of those guys, right? Like, it yeah. yeah. may be great, and you might th- you might really need the, that truck
2: on the road, but at what cost? At what cost is great. Yep. You know, one of the first, com- of course, some of these lessons I said came early. One of my first consults was with a great company, a star shop, and, you know, sales were big. You, you had to sell, and you had to, you know, sell the right things. But one guy had off-the-charts sales and when there's one guy that's off the charts my radar goes up oh, sure yeah. and so i just told them i said now he may be everything but you don't know until you get in his truck and go see these jobs you got to go find out what really is and isn't happening because otherwise the rest of them would all be pretty they were all pretty good so anyway they go out and they find out yeah he's shortcutting stuff and doing things that shouldn't be done and Finally, I said, you know, you have to let him go. He goes, well, all the sales. And I said, I don't care. Are we building this company around a person or are we systematic? Because I, I can make as many new techs as you want. Integrity's a, oh, a thing. Yeah. A to make, statement. Well, so anyway, to their credit, they pull the pr- trigger and get rid of the guy. Here's the story that I love the best. The next three months, they set sales records. Yeah. Afterward. After, after they canned this guy. And here's why. That's a good one. Yeah, the reason why is because everybody else knew that this guy, like what you referred to, was a cancer, and he was doing wrong, and you were tolerating it. And once they saw that you would stick up and do the right thing, they stepped up. Yeah, yeah. Really was a cool thing. Yeah,
1: yep. it's, it's good uh, leadership, one, but it also shows that uh, you do what you say you're going to do. You practice what you preach, that whole approach.
2: Yeah. You and know, there's sure.
1: And there's respect in that, and people want to follow respectful leadership
0: and integrity and things like that.
2: Yeah, what is with the, uh, doing the right thing when nobody's looking.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Now, you've mentioned manuals several times. So I want to talk about, you know, you have you finally get manuals. You've got it on paper. But that doesn't, in and of itself, right, change any behavior. So that's the first part of the question. And then I want you to talk about the 7Power contractor. You've talked about one of the powers so far. Okay. So go into manuals, and then let's talk to us about 7Power.
2: Yeah, so the manuals, what I always say about it is, I love to think that it's words on a page or, of d- course, today, a digital device. Mm-hmm. And the answer is partly. Well, what you need to know about the manuals, and that's why the program's designed where I'm your virtual tour guide and taking you through video lessons, because everybody's anxious, you know, to get the manuals in. you got one chance to do it right. Yeah. <laughs> and so the problem here is you don't know how to edit it right. You try to write it to the 100%, not the 80%. And so it never really ever gets done. Or you and don't the,
1: have time to even do it if you're like. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's like probably the most common Yeah, night. you
2: know, you, you're going to get around to it like I was going to get <laughs> around to it. <laughs> right. and, and I'm a pretty determined person. I think you guys, two of these guys <laughs> in the studio know that by now. And so, you know, th- that was really part of the issue. The other thing is they know when you are screaming <laughs> at them. They've seen what capital letters are and putting it in red <laughs> and underlining it. Well, they're not dumb. They know what it is. And so the tonality is really important. The way that it was, and we had to learn this, which was, this was after we had the manual. We didn't know when we were done. It should sound like my big brother, big sister coaching me, like they have their arm around me, you know, doing this kind of stuff. And it's, there's no long procedures more than a page, even for the tasks themselves that are in there. People also think, well, the most important manuals must be the trade manuals that I work in. And the answer is not really, because <laughs> companies are broken most in what I always talk about this triangle of communication, which is. The ability of the CSR to act like a happy hostess in a restaurant and make me feel good for the call, yep. but also get all the information. Then get it off to the dispatcher. And even if it's them, when they hang up the phone, magically they turn into a dispatcher. They are two s- totally separate for sets. sure yep. Totally different. Set. So as soon as you get to the point where you can break them up, do so. Sales always go up. Quality is better. Customers are happier. But the dispatcher has to work with the service manager all day to maximize billable hours and make the right. It was great because one of the great guys that I work with, Lowry, the son was in in the office and he said to me, Al, do you know the awful truth? And I go, no, (laughs) what's the awful truth? He goes, it comes home every day at 2 o'clock. At 2 o'clock, you look at the dispatch board and you go, who has to love me? Who has to like me? Not so much, and what am I going to do about it? <laughs> 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 yeah, so that's, you know, these, these skill sets were really pretty important. So what you put in the manuals, what you leave out, there's things that you can't even put in there. So that's the reason why there's 23 video lessons yeah. to walk you through. How do you roll it out? And more importantly is, how do you get the buy-in, which is on the front end? And here's the last piece to this. And uh, you're keeping time, right?
0: Lowry's well, in PA, right? Did you say Lowry? Kyle's yeah, do time. you know, you know Lowry? Yeah, they're a client, right? We have a Lowry client. Lowry Services
2: Lowry. in PA. They used to. One. I think they're in Harley something now. Yeah, because when I first went there, it was Hatfield. Anyway, they're great. They are phenomenal. <clears throat> really great people. So you know, we the thing about the manuals. Um, a really quick story was in a company in Vale. We were doing great. It did great stuff. And anyway, he calls me up. You know, during the co, he always used to call me up, tell me how things are going great. And then one day he calls me up and goes, "I don't know what happened. But all of a sudden, reading. yeah, all of a sudden <laughs> things are going out. you know, us versus them again, which is what I originally wrote that. And I said, "Well, what's changed?" He goes, "Well, you know, COVID came along and we had to stop our meetings." I go, "Stop! <laughs> I already know where the problem is. You stopping the meetings, stop the meetings? If you have a manual, every week you have to be in a meeting, every week, and all we read is one to two pages to keep it in the culture." And as soon as he did that, it was three weeks to the day, he says, you will not believe the transformation. We are exactly back to where we were six months ago or earlier because they they had these meetings to roll out. So this thing is about tonality, editing, not going for 80%, uh, getting the right people to get their fingerprints on it, but not hijacking. Mm -hmm. And then getting it rolled out and how to get the buy-in and keep it in is the big thing. So what was question two? Because I forgot already.
0: So you talked about the one power. I believe you referred to either sales or marketing. Tell us about the seven power contractor and how that ties into manuals and all of that.
2: Okay. So the first place to start along here is planning power. (laughs) Because every one of you are listening to this podcast and every other podcast and every other audio book that you read and every other here, sorry, every other book you read. You're going to hear a lot of advice. You're going to go to uh, these things and you're going to go seminar, come away with great ideas. So here's the question to all of you. Do you need another good idea or do you need to get an idea implemented? (laughs) Because I know I was good at ideas and not so great at implementing. So planning power really talks about, yeah.
1: Say it. Say it, Paul. Oh, I got nothing to say, Chris. I
0: got nothing to say other than we've got a lot of ideas around here. (laughs) Oh, yeah. There's
2: no shortage of ideas. No no shortage of good ideas.
0: And you got to have those too.
2: Yeah.
1: We say, we like to say around here, uh, ambition without action is useless.
2: I, I agree. I, uh, the one I, w- I would lock into is ideas without implementation is useless. Yeah. Yeah, it's really the same kind same, of thing. Yeah. yeah. So is it more about ideas? So anyway, the idea about this is to create this list. I always talk about the master project list, mm-hmm. top of a funnel, all the great ideas for projects and habits that you have, and every one of you have that. And by the way, just so you know, owners, your staff hates you. When you come back <laughs> with all that stuff. You go, weirdly, what work. are we going to do? Yeah, it's just like, why? Because we last week you said this was going to change everything. So the master project list is kind of like the taxi of a, when you used to be able to fly and airlines used to line up. It's think of like planes on a highway. And it boils down the, this wide funnel down to the top 30 based on two things. It either fixes your biggest problem or challenge or your greatest chance to grow and be profitable. Ooh, that's and, it, and if they do one of those two things, they move down the funnel to your top 30. So the top thirty is I'm sitting in this office today. If I we agree on thirty, if I come back next year, I want to know how many of those thirty you got done. Because you said it would fix problem challenge. Here's the problem. Eager beaver for companies go, let's get to the thirty. Well, you cannot. Can't do it right. So you gotta boil the list down one more time. Yeah. Same idea, same strength.
0: It's like March madness of Cristiano yes. ideas. Yes.
2: It's, uh, yes. I like the March Madness. We're going to do that. That's yeah, good. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So bra- A little bracketology. Yeah, <laughs> like like it. So we get it down to the top five and we use the same strainers. Biggest challenge, problem right. solved. Greatest chance going gonna be profitable. Now, here's the key. By the
1: way, that's what I was talking about at our executive retreat. Was that exact same thing? Because Ellen brought it up in episode yeah, three. Did same Ellen thing. give
2: me any credit for that? She, she sure was, did. Oh, she did. Absolutely. She did. El- Ellen, I love you. <laughs> Thank you for doing that. Because uh, we always have this. Wait a second. Yeah. That was my idea. That's yeah.
1: so good, by the way. That's that's so good because yeah. uh, unfortunately, like uh, really everybody at this company, but mostly like Paul or in our a little louder for the people in the back, have to deal with that with me because I'm like, I want to do all these things. Yeah. And I'll start pushing them, but then it's like, wait, wait, wait. And it's going to, I forget that it's going to cause all these different operational upsets, like if I don't be able to start to prioritize. Well,
2: Chris, Chris, Tommy Mello, too. I know. Yeah, I know. Yeah. Yeah. uh, So anyway, but you know, it's just like everything, it's a habit learned. Mm -hmm. We get to the top five, what I was going to share with the people out there. Yeah, top five. Yeah. Every week, I don't care how busy your week is, I don't want to hear anything. If you said it was the most important thing, then a piece of your week. You have to spend time getting those five to come to right. life. That's really great. And now that's steps, accountability
1: is built around that. Yeah, and right? steps
2: of delegation was what Tommy had to learn because Tommy was what I classically call a dumper, not a delegator, uh, <laughs> and where you yeah. just walk around down the hallway, hey, do this, do this, and then, of course, none of it gets done and none of it gets done right. So there's things about delegation. Sure. I'm going to wrap up with Planning power is doing the right thing at the right time in the right way. Those are the three rights to it. Love that's it. what I would say. And so then down to operating power, which we've already spent a lot of time is, sure. what are the documented policies and procedures so that you are not micromanaging every little person that's there? Or you're stuck to go. You have no foundation. This is the policy and procedures it takes to run your company 80% of the time. Mm-hmm. The 20 weird will not throw you yeah. if you do that good. So staffing power is kind of like the next thing up, which is uh, the five steps I call is always recruiting. Always hiring, always orienting, always training, always retaining. Cause you think that you can run down the field, spike the football, and you're done. No. Yeah. <laughs> you Wait. can't. I don't know if I just broke your mind. You gotta have an end zone dance. No, there's no end zone. You can you can end zone dance as long as you continue to play. <laughs> and don't, pull, no, a, don't, don't pull, pull a hammy. Don't pull a hammy. You know. You gotta keep going. So staffing is really about that and really it's three things. Fix the holes in your existing staff because they all have it and they are so afraid you're going to find out. So you have to make it safe. And that was tough for New Yorkers. Really tough for New Yorkers. Richie, myself, and our service manager, Jimmy, we had a practice going, good job. (laughs) (laughs) Because it was like really difficult. But, you know, finding them really doing something good and making it. The other big breakthrough for us is whatever you don't know is now my problem. I will show you. I will teach you you will show me that you know it. Now, if you go out in the field or sit at your desk and you don't do it, that's a different story, which is where people get confused. It's Is it a training issue or a willingness issue? Now, if I have trained you and I know you can do it and you don't do it, that's no longer a training issue. That's a willing issue, and that's something different. That's where you get written up with the steps of uh, corrective action. So on to um, really fixing the holes in existing people, Also getting better, which we were awful because we were so desperate. Marty, my brother, nicknamed our hiring practice. We used to call it the mirror test, M-I-R-R-O-R, which just meant we were desperate because we never were proactive. And if you could fog the mirror, congratulations, you're hired. (laughs) And so, you know, again, we did everything wrong. We weren't born enlightened. And so what we learned is, you know, this is what you have to do. And so we did that and really made it safe. We did the testing, hands-on, and written testing. Because before that was like... We were so much in the sales mode because yeah. we were never doing recruiting, hiring, and then orienting. So we finally show up. We're desperate. Here's the keys. Go get them. <laughs> you know, we never spent. And it was actually Joe Haney at Lowry who said to me, Al, you know, the way I orient people, their first two weeks determines their success. The rest of the time they're in the company. And I go, whoa, Joe, that's like really big. Come on. He goes, Al, did, when you left junior high school and went to high school, what did you feel like? I said, fish out of water. He goes, would it have been nice to have a big brother, big sister coach you along? Wouldn't your success be better? I said, yep, thanks. I'm going to shut up now. And then it went on to training and retaining. So those are the things in staffing power. That's really kind of it. Sales is really what I like to talk about. I only speak about ethical sales. I have never sold, and I can feel good about this, I have never sold anything that's in my best interest. I ask good questions. I shut up. I write down what their answers are. I am here to be a servant. Wait, so you listen? I, well I oh my gosh <laughs> how much time are we running out because cause I I, <laughs> I I was shy at one time everybody kind of like you guys get laughing like what who's this guy Because are like, introvert yeah no I was really an introvert and when I, my father pushed me to sell because I used to go door to door was how my career was and you know it's amazing how fast you get <laughs> to the topic right but I, I was looking at my shoes I did everything you could do badly as sales and finally I got good at it but what I came to understand is I had to shut up <laughs> And so I bit my tongue <laughs> long uh-huh. enough that I could actually let them talk. Yeah. I was I was still pretty bad. Yeah. I'll tell you where I was bad. I got to the point where <clears throat> I'm making a sales presentation. And the customer says, great, how soon can we get started? I go, hey, hang on, I'll get to that. Did you hear what I just said? Uh, hang on, <laughs> I'll get to that. <laughs> yeah, because I had a spiel and I wasn't done. We're only on page three of page seven yeah, of the way of presentation. You had to get yeah. through it. So That's actually
1: sale- a common thing that happened. By the oh, way. yeah, it is.
2: Yeah. So you have sales power is really kind of, and I love teaching sales only because I do this thing and you do workshops. So you don't want to talk about. I do like this. I said, everybody close your eyes. I'm going to say something. Salesman, open your eyes. What do you think of? And they all say, "A guy in a plaid suit, his plaid suit, trying to sell me a used car." Yeah, because that is unfortunately perception. miserable perception yeah. of good salespeople. My dad was quiet, soft. He never sold anything to anybody that wasn't in their best interest, but he recommended everything. Do you? Can I tell
1: it. you something real quick about that? Um, I 100% believe in that perception. So because I come from the sales world, like this is my life. Um, but our best sales guy here at Rhino wasn't the sales guy. You want to know why I hired him? Because he genuinely cared.
2: Oh, I agree. He
1: genuinely cares about human beings, people, and he could talk to anybody. He's here, and he's here today, like he lives in Santa Monica, he's our best sales guy, he crushes it because he genuinely gives a shit about the person he's talking to and their best interest. That's the kind of, you know, that's the kind of culture we've created here. Is that's great. It's put one of our core values on the wall, genuinely care. It's not some bullshit, like, cliche yeah. statement, yeah. but what you're saying is you, you genuinely care, but because you're learning the sales process, you're trying to go through this, like, deck, if you will, or your papers, trying <laughs> yeah. to just... It was more about trying to get it yeah, right. The, really, die, die, that, the, that you want
2: really the yeah, yeah. Dot the i's, cross the t's, and you know, instead yeah, of being no. president. But the the thing is, people always go, "Oh, you know, he's going to make a great salesperson because he's a great talker." Uh, no, a great listener. 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 Is, yeah, a great li- have great questions because mm-hmm. I didn't sign up to hear you ask me five thousand questions you, today. I love I think it. three really good questions. I'm Glad you. Said All right, that. so we have marketing power. Marketing power is we the we right amount.
0: The is that the last one? No, there's two more.
1: So can we save marketing for the end? Okay. Like it only because. Onto, onto 11, I on ones,
2: these are going to be really quick, Chris. Thanks. You're going to enjoy get, this. Financial feedback. is okay, guys. I know how to look at my <laughs> statement. The only reason I got good at financial power is because we used to wait to the end of the year. We never did any financials, and the accountants would bust into the door and go, "Hey, congratulations, we got money to give you." And so <laughs> that's fun. You have a, yeah. you have an hour to go buy Perfect. trucks and buy yourself a bonus. Yep. Unfortunately, other years they'd walk in and they'd go. Uh, it wasn't such a great year. You guys are not getting paid. I hope you have money in your bank account. That's a really bad way to run it. And if you've listened to Ellen, she's all about budgeting oh, and yeah. looking ahead and knowing your score right then and there. That's oh, yeah. really the big thing. And so for me, financial power is really real-world accounting. And what Ellen teaches is Knowing your, bu- your sellable price comes out of there Yep, mm-hmm. and out of budgeting, not what your brother and cousin down the road did or whatever other crazy pricing. So that's financial power really pretty quick. Sales coaching is something that she and I, <laughs> I had a really good system for big ticket salespeople and installers to reward them. And Ellen had a really good thing with techs and we smushed them together. So it really is about rewarding the only three people that really make money in your company. And I'm sorry for anybody who's an ARAP person or anything else in your office. But the only people who make us money is the person who's a service tech, goes out and sells something and does something. And a big ticket salesperson who sells something. And then the installer has to bring it in on time. And the reason that I'm going to stop here is my big ticket salesman proved to me that they could bring me every dollar I wanted. And that I could go broke if I kept letting them <laughs> go. Because it's not hard to sell stuff if you never charge enough in the rest sure. of it. So we changed that to projected versus actual gross profit desired. Yep. And we checked your homework constantly. And then even the installers, I had a fight with my brothers and my dad because we were union shop. And they go, um, why do we have to give them the installers a bonus? I go, do you like the results today? They go, no, we hate it. I go because yeah. where's their incentive to bring the jobs in on time on budget with no callbacks? And so it was a really small thing. It's all baked into the pie. And that's really what sales coaching sales coaching is. Kind of so all ahead. I missed was marketing. Yeah, marketing. Yep. Okay. I, thank you for letting me do marketing. Yeah, only because I'm going to have
1: opinions in it too. And I and I really want to bounce some things off of you. So I figured it'd be a good one to say for last. So I don't know where we're at on time, but I know we're getting close. So let's this would be a good one to finish on that's solid.
2: Good. Let's okay. go. Yeah. Marketing power in a nutshell is the right amount of calls from the right customer at the right time. Anything more is just a lot of words. Yeah. <laughs> the right amount of calls from the right customer at the right time. I have a news flash for you that I got from myself, Chris. Not everybody's your customer. Lose it. Lose that idea. But you need to know if I gave you the power of cloning, who would you clone? Now, in my particular case, I serve residential, commercial, industrial and I would have, I so I had three target audiences mm-hmm. and I was very fortunate. I was telling Chris the story before is my dad had a connection to uh, a big time marketing guy. And when I found out that I had to change the name of the company and do all these other things, I was basically tasked to him and he, I hate to say it, but he basically put me on, <laughs> across his knee and said, Sonny, this is what you need to know. <laughs> and, you know, just like our branding, our trucks, uh, you know, how to go to market. We did blitz marketing and, you know, he taught me about oh, yeah. how to do that. You know, it was, it was just a great experience. And honestly, for the last 18 years, customers like Tommy have benefited from what I share on all of Absolutely. this stuff. I, you know, we used to save our money and we would step up in times like this. So COVID would be a good example where we'd put the hammer down. Absolutely. Because, the, we're, you know, before you're just screaming in a, in a crowded room, now it's empty. Yeah. You know, watch a baseball game. <laughs> you can hear every word, right? Yeah. So the same idea here now is this is where we really step up in marketing, and we were really good about knowing ourselves and knowing our target audience. So my goal here is I, I like to say it's kind of like the other side of the coin, sales and marketing. Ellen and I have these philo- philosophical because we're together so often, time to kill. And one day she she turns to me and she goes, "What comes first, sales and marketing?" And I said, "Sales." She goes, well, if the phone doesn't ring, it doesn't matter. And I go, if your phone rings and you can't do sales, why bother? Yeah, so the point sure. is, I said to her, if I don't know what makes that person tick, and if I gave myself the power of cloning, could I make 10 of them, 100 of them, 10 million of them resonate with my marketing message? And that was really it. I also grew up in a commodity business, Chris. When I woke up, there were 2,000 competitors on Long Island. 2,000. They could have um, called any of them. Island. Long with a lot of G's. Long, geez. Yeah, Long Island. So I, I learned how to turn us from a commodity to a niche. So I I hope it comes across. I don't like marketing. <laughs> I love marketing. Love marketing. I love that you love marketing. Oh yeah. I love marketing. Yeah. I, I only <clears throat> I told Chris and Paul as well is that the only reason I got good at, you know, this operational stuff <laughs> is because I was so good at sales and marketing. My team was really blowing up every opportunity I created yeah and so I had to pull off the road and fix it so that we could move ahead
1: so I think you're going to appreciate this this is why I wanted to end it with it is I mean for those who are listening I mean the purpose of this podcast is really more marketing and operational solutions I mean us being a digital marketing company not so much traditional experience really at all other than just having been around it really our niche has been marketing but I look at marketing differently so when I first started this company in 08 and uh, and I w- I learned search engine optimization SEO back in 2004. Way different beast than than it is today. So I just was a nerd basically, um and still a nerd, just analytical like I didn't upset s- same thing. Yeah, still um, a just man. a little cooler. Yeah, nerd. but no. Paul Paul's nodding
2: his head. Yeah, you Paul's, can't see that. Yeah, Paul.
1: Yeah, Paul's Paul's part of the cool crowd. Yeah, I was yeah. the nerd. Yeah, yeah, I'm really, yeah, I'm really yeah it was cool. me. Well, you're six eight. You know. <laughs> so uh, what I would do, um, what what I wanted to do in the beginning was, um, I knew. Uh, I I grew up in the business like much, I think most everybody, like I was working on my business and trying to run the business and I actually learned business being in it. But here's one thing I did know is I didn't want to guess on what was actually working on what I was doing for my customers. So it just so happened like one of my fifth customers was a big HVAC and plumbing contractor and he held me accountable. Like I had to go meet with this guy. And and so which meant I I would do digital marketing for him and I learned that it required so much of my bandwidth to really do a good job in the first place. And it was just me, though, right? At this point in time. So, but when I started working with him and meeting with him every other Tuesday and going over all the results, all the drain cleaning leads I had to go through and the sewer lines in spring because the snow would melt and the roots would break the lines, I'm, like, learning all this shit in, like, this first, like, go around on, on, okay, this is all the stuff I got to pay attention to. But it required so much bandwidth at that point in time I decided – I'm going to focus, I'm just going to be like the, I'm going to be the most badass digital marketing company for the HVAC at that point. Like, cause I mean, plumbing was a little bit actually easier than HVAC. HVAC was harder in, in the digital marketing world for lead generation. But I was, people would bust my chops. They're like, you focusing on like, you're going to be a digital marketing company only for heating <laughs> air conditioners and plumbers. Like that's stupid. That's what I, I heard that on more than one occasion. <laughs> and now today there's like trade specific digital marketing. I'm giving air quotes. All over the place. Oh, yeah. Right? But um, here's what happened, and I think you'll appreciate this, is I think because of the way my brain works is I needed – I'm also an empathetic leader, right? Even sure. though I bust yep. Paul's balls and I bust everybody's chops in here, it's because I care about them. Like, we're having fun with it. I'm an empathetic person because I, ca- I genuinely care about you. Listen, maybe because I grew up, you know, I'm a far- I am grew up on a farm. I'm from the like, that small town roots, whatever you name it, whatever it is. Maybe I have – because I have two sisters. My I grew up – whatever it is, I give a shit about what I'm doing. But I needed to validate what I was doing for accountability to let my customer know. Like I told you, I won't mention the company I was with before, but, you know, I was selling internet marketing for them. And what I was selling, they weren't actually doing. Yeah. And that's the worst feeling is to come and look you in the face. Hey, I know you pay me $10,000 a month, $5,000, $1,000, doesn't matter. Yeah. And, it, and we didn't do what we said we we're going to do. I'm sorry. That was on me. So I was like, nope, not going to do it this way. So thankfully in digital, you throw a call tracking number on that damn thing. Oh, yeah. On anything, you can track every channel, every service. But here's the big thing that I've never gotten away from today. It's like the largest team on Rhino is our Rhino Tracks call listening and reporting team. It's human beings, not like I'm talking human beings that are rhinos, listening to every single call that comes through so we can hear the tone of the call, the CSR, which channel it came in through, and they can listen for, okay, here's a coaching opportunity. And it might be on a two, three-day delay, but I can catch that. I could catch it quick. I could catch the, uh, the missed objection quick for Mary because she missed it and get it to him right then to fix on the front end before it ever hit the service titans or the house call pros or whatever they're using for field management software on the back end if it actually hits it. So I was able to look at what did I bring in, at what cost, what's the booking rate. You know, Not, not that I, we don't offer call coaching as a service, but I could certainly identify the opportunity for them to fix it and get it to them quickly. So that way I needed them to grow because if they grew up, my company would grow. And I built this oh, yeah. thing on the back of that. Right. Now, what that did was it allowed me is I, we couldn't be a quantity company. We had to have a smaller group of customers that we had for a longer period of time. Now, we've been a debt-free company since day one, but we built it on the back of retention. Yeah. Yep. But focusing on the trades and why I go down the marketing road is – Marketing isn't just about hiring a company and then letting them spit out a pretty report to you that gives you that says, here's all the contact forms and calls that came in and these are new customers. You pay me for new business. New business that not that were new bookable service or install leads that were not past customers. That's what we track. My passion is in that. You yeah. hear me like oh, I'm, I, I'm I about know. to eat this microphone because it's my <laughs> I passion. turned my
0: mic off.
2: Yeah. It was good. Good, good <laughs> idea. No, I, I, I firmly believe all of that. As a matter of fact, when Ellen and I were doing the, the org chart together, and she wanted to tweak a little bit. One of the things we agreed on that the CSRs are under the marketing wing. Yeah. And every time I go out there, people go, well, why are they there? I go, because you're trying to fill up a bathtub full of calls, and the drain is wide open because your CSRs suck. Yep, They suck. Bingo. So that's why the CSR manual was created. We actually take you step by step, and that's why they're in the meetings. They read it out loud. We do the roll calls, the plays, all these other kinds of things. Of course, it's so much easier today because you can listen to these calls like you're talking about, mm-hmm. but I fixed that on the front end because that's really the uh, the big thing that you're looking for. i I I'm passionate about, you know, the, they're really kind of tied together. And the reporting order, as a matter of fact, in Tommy's shop, if you've been there, it's set up for the flow because it's the flow of communication. So where you are in the org chart is who you're sitting near. Amazing accountability and better call-taking and Call counts and all the rest of the stuff. I, I know because people think, well, you're a little bit old for digital marketing. No, I was like on the boat early. Yeah, <laughs> And I am all about every new technology you can use. But to me, technology is a tool in your toolbox. So if you don't know how to use the tool, it's pretty worthless.
1: Listen, if your marketing company doesn't, if you aren't tracking like that oh, yeah. to that depth, get, you, it's, it's on you. Hell yeah. So like you said, get good or get gone. Like that's what you got to tell them. Same thing.
2: That's why they're the marketing manager. I always there's two boxes you cannot leave as an owner. Marketing manager and financial manager. And financial is your money. You know, you don't have to create the numbers, but you need to know whether it's right 100%. and it's on time. Yeah. The second thing is marketing manager. Well, I'm not good at marketing is what I always get. I go, I don't want you to do any marketing. I am asking you to make sure that it the right amount of calls from the right customer at the right time is happening and that you can make it happen over and over again and leverage. That's really why the marketing manager, owner never leaves that box. They can have people assist them, mm-hmm. and by all means do that to the outside. But, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm all about the digital. I, I
1: love I had, a, I had a text message from a, um, a customer of ours today. It's been with me for probably seven years, um, Rosenberg's, um, down in San Antonio. Yeah. Got a cost per me of like eight dollars and seventeen cents. Eight dollars <laughs> with wow. no paid listen, search, zero paid search. That, that is so, phenomenal. So
2: I hope people out there listening I understand know, that. Yeah. So
1: this isn't me saying, oh, every single call came through and like you know, no, that's after we listen yeah. to every call, split out the repeat. Maybe thirty percent tip. of the calls. Eight bucks in San Antonio, Texas. No
0: paid search. So,
1: so the reason I say that and why I'm so passionate about it is all like the whole seven power contractor methodology is absolutely brilliant. My passion is in the marketing side of it. Right. Because really you got to have customers (laughs) to employ, you know, to, to utilize all this stuff too. But the nail you, you, like you said, you turn on the faucet and leave the drain open is what happens a lot. And people, but people don't even know like they don't even really understand what should I be looking at because they been, we've been trained otherwise you know from our marketing agency so yeah. um I want to say a couple quick things too and and one um you shared a ton of stuff in here too there's obviously so much more we could have went down Paul would have been in manual heaven with you if I would have let him go down <laughs> that path I'll just add because you know Paul um you know, it, Creating all that stuff is really difficult, and most actually never get to it. Most never even really get to documented processes, right? Like some things like that. So, the brilliant thing about you doing this is you've taken all these real life experiences and successes, and all this stuff that you work with other companies, and you've it into this little, into, you know, into the seven power contractor type of methodology and the coaching and things that you can do, or whatever all you're going to offer, you know, that you, you can do, which we'll get to at the end. But you have the book, you know, that, that people can have too, which you brought for us. So, thank you very much <laughs> for doing that. But um, I want to make sure that we give the listeners the opportunity to connect with you more, however you'd like them to connect with you, too. So that way, if they need to get some of this stuff, too, that they can uh, they can connect with you. So we'll, we'll add it in our, when we make the post on this, too. But if you could share with them, that'd be great.
2: Yeah, it's Al, A-L, at 7powercontractor.com, the number seven. And uh, that's usually the best. I'm really good about answering. There isn't a stack of people. It's me. Yeah. <laughs> and I will get back to you. That's the best way to reach me. Um, my website, sevenpowercontractor.com, again, number seven. Yep. It's got blogs. It's got a lot of really good stuff. It's got podcasts. It's a lot of great content in there. Yeah. It is, a it's a lot stuff. of great content. You know, it sounds funny because my father raised me. By the way, the joke of is my father grew up on a farm. Yeah, it was in Brooklyn. <laughs> oh, <laughs> what? So let's say, yeah, it was 1917. But, you know, he always wanted, he wanted his boys to, go to, back to the far, go to the farm with him. And we used Jeez. to go to 4-H shows and freak out. So, because we were city boys.
0: Do you know what 4-H is, Bob? I do. Oh, that's yeah.
1: right from oh, I, I, I did.
0: Um, yeah. My wife. I dated. My wife's a 4-H graduate. Oh, there you is. go. Yeah. yeah.
2: So, uh, you know, I worked in Iowa, which I always thought would
0: make them smile. <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's close enough. Close enough. I was basically, close to a
0: farm. Basically farm. Are you country? like the prodigal son in your family? You moved away. You betrayed everyone. You moved to sunny yeah, I broke.
2: I broke every you know unwritten rule, yeah. like the baseball thing, when I decided to leave and people were going, are you sick? Are you sick? No. <laughs> Like, no, people leave New York. <laughs> right? no, 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 no. Three, years, three years notice, folks. You know, really, this is not a surprise. I've never
0: heard of that long of a notice, by the yeah, way. No,
2: the uh, reason why, I was not going to leave my brothers in a lurch.
0: I mean, I was going to make sure. And I, yeah. I spent that whole
2: time driving these systems. That's one, what accelerated. And then hiring and hiring people. I was already in place. Yeah. But I knew as I was leaving, I was not coming back. And if I didn't do it right for a selfish point of view, that would be it. And the
0: great story is it's 18 years later and they're still killing it. Yep. but that's what motivated you to do it right and make oh, it yeah. stick. Because you, when you were leaving for Phoenix, you didn't want one phone call. Oh no! No, I was out the door. And
1: what's awesome about all this is, I love like, you know, the, the Missouri, the Show Me State. Isn't that where Ellen? Lives? That's where Ellen lives. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Yep. So, um, you put all this into play with the Zoom Dream franchise. And how many franchises are there now?
2: There are eighteen. We're coast to coast, and we're really selective. I was telling Paul, is you know, just because you have some money and a Thing. We're, we're not going to take you on. as we you, you have okay. we don't I want that. we don't we don't want the model of what we always talk about is an owner operator, which means you run the calls, you answer the phone calls, you get home at night, whatever million time late at night it is, and now you're trying to do your bookkeeping. It's a life of misery. So you start out with two trucks, or you don't start with us. And we have every system, all of the seven powers I was ready. Yep. We have a system for every one of them. And my partner Jim Carnitty, I mean, he's just blowing it away it's yeah. a it's a cash machine
1: it's been great i i want to commend you on um on all the success you've had and even like i said the success with zoom train has been really cool and and i really got to learn more about it and uh, we're going to give a shout out to uh, my friend Danny antonelli for creating the kick ass <laughs> yeah, brand around kick kick ass friend yeah, yeah. He, leo channel.
2: leo leo baron who is my marketing guru would be very very happy <laughs> i wish dan
0: could have been in here when i said hey is there anybody better than dan and you said and new yorkers don't lie he said no there's no no one better than Dan. There's there's
2: nobody nobody better than Dan.
0: He's the GOAT. I appreciate you so much. You know what? We
1: gotta we gotta do this again. I mean, since you're especially since you're local, yeah, thirty
2: minutes away. I'll be like, you know, uh, hey, we had a cancellation today. Are you still around,
1: (laughs) Chris? Can you feel again?
2: (laughs) Yeah, we'd love to do that. Uh, We'll do do it again with you too. There's a lot we can we could probably
1: drill into one of these topics. Oh yeah, crushing up. Yeah,
2: I love I love marketing. So um,
1: thank you for taking the time and coming up here. I Appreciate it so much. Thanks for sharing all the information. And again, listeners, I encourage you to uh, you know to reach out as always, and like I always do the same thing towards the end. but it's just, the, it's the truth is don't listen to this whole thing, get some good ideas and then don't do anything with it. Like if nothing else, like, you know, I'll gave you his email address, go to the website. There is a shitload of content in this thing. Oh, yeah. Like I was saying, like a bunch of stuff, Um, you know, but ask for help, you know, and, and listen, he's eager to help. Like that's why he's in here is like, he's trying to share the things that he's done that the
2: lessons he's learned. to I left, help. I you. left my first job, Chris, I didn't need to work again. There you go. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's so cool. Now I will take your money because it's good for you not really because what my dad had a kind of farm logic you'll appreciate this yeah he said al what you get for nothing sometimes that's how you value it (laughs) he says you got to pay for it doing good is
1: good business there you You, go love it you remember who taught us that or who said that to us bobby Uh,
0: jenkins oh gosh bobby jenkins Jenkins. i could talk about him on every show you could
1: hey listen i appreciate you so much al Appreciate you coming in here and crushing it and yeah. uh, talking directly into the microphone like Kyle asked
0: you to. They sound <laughs> great, Kyle. Did I, did I go okay? You did good. Good. Thumbs up from Kyle. Okay, Kyle perfect. Nineteen. Can you believe he does <laughs> such a good Dude, job? he's gonna on punch you in more your more face man. and make your nose. You, is more your tires are
2: already. Is. Your tires are gonna be slashed if you were a New Yorker. Kyle, go out and slash his tires. He'll never know. He
0: just said, "Bro." tired of you saying I'm 19. I'm 20. I'm a grown man. <laughs> he's, grown man.
1: he's seriously going to punch you in the <laughs> nose. Yeah. <laughs> or slash hey. the tires. <laughs> yeah, right. Listeners, thank you him. so much, man. We appreciate you guys so much for always t- tuning in and listening. And obviously, again, check out Alligan and all this information he's got. Um, again, thank you for all the reviews, all the messages that we get. I got some awesome messages from uh, a few of you this morning that I thought was very thoughtful. Um, to all of our Australian guys, I, I keep bringing this up, but I cannot believe. And so I'm going to give a shout out to my man, Ben, who is now a client of Rhino in Australia. We will be there. In summer of twenty twenty one, U S. Uh, winter did of twenty twenty one. you
0: just drop that? In um, w- winter twenty twenty one. That's what? public knowledge. What you're opening up in Australia I'm next summer? In Australia, yeah.
1: Sydney, Australia. Here comes Rhino.
0: I've already gotten messages, people. That and then our to friends, them.
1: uh, you know, we've already committed to twenty twenty two in the uh, UK and Ireland. Which, by the way, Lyra Kelly will be helpful, since she's from, uh, she's from Ireland. I yeah. Where she's from, I forget. She'll, she'll she she'll,
0: speaks Irish. She
1: speaks Irish. So anyhow, listeners, we appreciate you guys so much. Always. Um, leaving the reviews, leaving us messages, coming back and posting all the pictures and sharing all the, the cool stories and the way that the guests have helped you. Like that is the most rewarding thing you can share with us. So please keep doing that until next time. Go kick some ass.
0: Thank you for listening to, to the point. We hope you enjoyed this episode. Please consider leaving us a review in the app store and don't forget to share with your friends till next time. Kick some ass.